So tonight, I want to talk to you, and it's, it's, good to get your, it's good to get your notebooks out, because I want to share some things with you tonight on how the kingdom works. My title is actually Activating, activating the First Fruit Blessing. Activating the First Fruit Blessing, and I think they called it to, to, tonight rewatering, or watering that First Fruit Blessing, watering it, preparing it for harvest. Say watering. Amen. Amen. One of my neighbors, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, landscape companies, uh, one of my neighbors uh, had, I don't know, spent thousands of dollars on thousands of dollars on uh, uh, landscaping. I mean, a lot of money and uh, took the best, the highest price, the highest bid and then went away for a month, went away for a month, travel. You know, he's worth some money, took his family and travel for a bit. He came home and everything was like dead in July. And he was so upset and he was mad about it. So he called the landscaping company. He was mad at them. He says, you know, I want my money back. And they said, open your garage. So they went in his garage and looked at the sprinkler system. It wasn't on in July. (laughs) So it wasn't their fault. He did not set his sprinkler to water. And because he did not set his sprinkler system to water, then he had issues with the new landscaping and the new plants that were put in. They need watering, all right? So, now write this down because it's very important for you to know. The moment you released your first fruit, your position changed, okay? This is is what I'm saying, Jesus. You, you prepared your hand, you prepared your head. You got your mind right concerning your gift. Even some of you, as you were sitting in service, God's given you a word. I, I read five testimonies just today of first fruit. Just the amazing thing God's doing in people's life. But it's because they prepared their heads. They dealt with, you dealt with idiosyncrasies. You dealt with arguments. You dealt with reasons why not to do it. And you did it. You dealt with your head. Then you dealt with your heart. Your heart. You dealt with your motives. Why am I doing this? Am I trying to manipulate God? Am I, am I trying to pay for a sin instead of repenting? Am I giving to show myself big to other people? You dealt with your heart. Then you dealt with your hand. You, you put your hand out there and you let it go. <laughs> you know, you let it go. You let your hand go. Now you must prepare for your harvest. You have to prepare for your harvest. If you dealt with your head, you dealt with your heart, you dealt with your hand, now you have to prepare for your harvest. Say harvest. Harvest. No one puts a seed in the ground and don't get ready for harvest. And when it's harvest time, you can't be shy. When it's harvest time, you can't get weird. Because harvest time is short, happens quickly. Your opportunities are gonna come quickly. You may plant in April and it'll grow all summer, but in October when it's time to harvest, you get like one or two weeks. You gotta get this thing in. And you can't have this weird mindset about harvesting. You gotta be ready to harvest. I haven't said a scripture yet, I'm gonna get there, but first, I want to talk to you. I want you to write this list down. I want you to write this list down. There's a list, because I want to deal with unworthiness. 
You are a saint and a Christian. Some of us were born under the purple chair under the pew. We've been giving all our life. We've been tithing all our life. We've been serving all our life, and we don't think twice about serving. We don't think twice about giving. But when it's time to receive, we start thinking, am I worth it? With the same passion you give, you should receive in the same passion. Let, let everybody outside of you, okay, I'm a bit passionate tonight. Let everybody outside of you deal with you receiving. But you don't deal with receiving. You don't get weird about receiving. You weren't weird when you dropped that stuff in the offering plate. So don't be weird when it's time to receive. And when you get ready to receive, nobody leaves half of the field in the field. They bring the whole harvest in. Well, Lord, that's enough. That ain't none of your decision. You take everything God has for you. So here are reasons why you need to get over yourself and receive. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, get over yourself. The first reason you need to get over yourself and receive is because you gave in boldness, receive in boldness. You gave in boldness, so you should receive in boldness. You weren't shy about your giving. So don't be shy about receiving. Don't be shy about opportunities. Don't be shy about the money. Don't be shy about the possessions. Don't be shy about the new job. Don't be shy about the, be the better relationships. Don't be shy about the stuff you wrote on the envelope and now you're receiving it. Don't be shy about it. Are y'all okay? Yes. Right. You gave in boldness, receive in boldness. Say, I gave, I gave. In, boldness. in boldness. I receive, I receive. In, boldness. in boldness. I gave boldly. I want to receive in boldness. The second reason you need to get over yourself and receive. <laughs> you are worthy. You need to, this is the reason. With the same boldness God received you, you should receive your blessing. Let me explain. God's first fruit was what? Why did he give his first fruit? Do you know why? Why? For you. He wanted to receive you as sons. He gave his first so that he could receive all of us. Right? How would God look? He, he, he gave Jesus to get you. And then you come to God, God, I give myself to you. He said, oh, shucks, I'm not sure I'm worthy of you. Wow. No, he gave to get you. Amen. It was the reason he released his seed. So in that same way, you should receive because this is why you gave. You gave to receive. So now you, you need to receive that blessing in the same boldness, the way God received you. The Bible says that when you come to God, he will no wise cast you out. He receives you. So everything he brings to you, you should receive. The third reason is, now, now listen to this closely and just write it down. We'll think about it later. This is why you need to receive. You need to receive so that you can represent all of who God is. All of who God is. You want to represent all of who he is. You want to be the personification of his goodness. You want when people see you, they see the goodness of God. Amen. So in every way God is good, you want to receive that goodness to yourself. Amen. And that's what he's trying to do when he starts to give to you. When he starts to bless your first fruit. It's God saying, listen, 
I want when people see you, they see my goodness. And they won't see, they won't see his goodness if he's not answering your prayers. The more you have, don't run from people. Let them see it. Let them see it. And when they say you think you're something, say what? I do. I shall do. I think I am something. God has been so good to me. I'm not trying to hide it. I'm not trying to make excuses for it. You just have to deal with it yourself. But deal with it yourself. Now, don't bother me. Because I really don't care about what you think. Now, if, you, now, if you're really giving, I mean, you know, if you're really giving till it hurts and you're being challenged in that same way, you need to receive so you represent God's goodness. Number four. You need to receive so that you can always have the ability to give when needed. Amen. Well, pastor, the Bible says it's better to give than to receive. So help me out with that preacher. Well, I'll read it to you in the original language. <laughs> this is what the scripture actually says. It is better off for you to receive so that you can give. Y'all like, y'all, I don't believe that, Pastor. So let me ask you a question. If you've not received, how do you give? Do you want to solve... Do you, do you, would you like to solve a, uh, 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 would you, would you like, would you like to solve a penny problem, a dollar problem, a hundred dollar problem, a thousand dollar problem, or a million dollar problem? What kind of problems you want to solve? Because God ain't going to come to you to give no hundred thousand dollars if you only can receive a penny solving problem. You're not going to listen to me, and that's all right. When somebody's really in trouble, when a, when a woman dies of breast cancer and she, she leaves 11 children, God ain't going to ask you to pay for the college for the kids. Because you ain't got no money to pay for no college for no kids. But if he's prepared you, if you've received from him to do it, then he can come to you. The church is building a children's wing. Now he can come to you and say, listen, I want you to give into this. But if you don't know how to receive, you're really not a giver. So it's time to straighten out this receiving part of you. And just receive what God gives to you. The fifth reason, number five, right? Yes, I, number five. Okay. You, you need the ability, you need the ability to give, but you need to give, you need to receive so that your joy would be made full. Just go to John 16, 24 for me. John 16, 24. God doesn't want you happy. He wants you full of joy. He wants you full of joy. The kingdom of God is not meat or drink, but it's righteousness, peace. And joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what the kingdom is. It's joy. 
It's enjoyment. It is enjoying your life. But here's what the Bible says. Until, Jesus said, until now, you have asked nothing in my name. So he says, ask. Why? Look at somebody and say, yo, sourpuss face. You know, we ain't trying to see that all the time. We, 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 want to, we want to see you full of joy. God wants to see you full of joy. So ask, but receive, so that your joy is full. Let him bring joy in your life. Happiness ebbs and flows. Joy stays. Joy is like a river that's in your life that overflows. It's the river that brings you life. Am I making sense? Okay. Good. Now, those are the reasons you should receive. So look at your neighbor and pray for them. Pray for them. Just look at them and pray for them. Just pray for them. Just pray for them. Here's the prayer. Pray for them and say, get over yourself and receive. <laughs> receive, good, re receive good things from your father because it's his pleasure. It's his pleasure. It's his pleasure. It's his pleasure. His pleasure. His pleasure. What if you had something for your kids? Talking to a great friend today, a brother today, and we were discussing this. What if you had something for your children and you've been saving it, you've been preparing it for them, and now you just walk up to them one day and it's wrapped, it's really beautiful, and you handed it to them, and your child said, oh, mom, I'm not sure I'm worth all this. I'm not sure I'm worthy of it. What would you do? Would you pray for them? Or would you cast the devil out of them? Now, if you're a real parent, you would be so upset if they rejected your gift. And that's the last reason you should receive. Can I help you with something? You can't do nothing about what you wrote on the envelope anyway. You can't make none of it happen. What would it take for you to get a raise? What would, it what would it take for you to meet the right person? Do you know what the universe has to do to put you in the right place to meet the right person? Do you understand what God has to do for you to be in the position to meet the right person, get the right job, or whatever. Do you know what he's got to do? He's got to time your agenda and their agenda. He's got to make you feel good about yourself today, and they got to feel good about themselves that day. He's got to make sure when they wake up, the kids make them late so they can see you at the right place. You can't put it all together. I said, you cannot put it all together. So now God has put it all together and he's put it in your lap and you're like, well, I'm, I'm just not worthy. It's like, what is wrong with you? God is like, I put all this together, Martin. I moved you to Omaha. You didn't want to come here. Once you got here, you tried to leave. I broke your car down so you couldn't leave. And now this blessing is coming to your life 15 years later and you're going to look at me and say, it took me 15 years to put this together for you for a person. Receive, because it's a gift.
Someone asked me once, and I haven't, still can't answer it, but the young man wanted to get married, and he said, he asked the question, he says, uh, is it better for me to marry someone I think I don't deserve or to marry someone who thinks she doesn't deserve me? Oh, y'all never thought about those Christians? How many of you have? Because everybody else look at me, right? Because on one side, he said, I'm going to spend my life chasing somebody who I don't think I deserve and trying to make her happy. And she's always going to look at me like, why did I, why did I say yes to you? <laughs> On the other hand, I'm going to have to live with the guilt of someone chasing me. And my only answer was, please marry someone, become the person who's deserving, and marry someone who's deserving. So that neither one of you are, chase, are chasing or running. Okay, it's too much. So, how do you water your seed? Say water. water. Let's prepare. Let's prepare for our harvest. Let's get ourselves ready for the harvest that's already coming. Already coming right now. I, I want to re read this to you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Because giving, giving of the first fruit is not so that we can keep the lights on. Right. It's not what it's about. Giving a first fruit is this. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Next verse. So let each one give as not or of necessity. So if we say we need you to give because of something else, you can give that way, but the blessing's not in that. Okay? For God just loves the cheerful giver. Next verse. Read it. We sing it. And God is able to make all sufficiency in all things may have an That's the will of God. So that you will have the abundance to give into every good work. You will have the ability to answer anything God is calling for. Hallelujah. That's the hope of God. So what did I say in the beginning? I said your first fruit offering has changed your position. Now I want you to learn how to speak from the position you're in, the new one. Not from the old one you left. But now you have to speak, think, talk from here. It's one thing in prayer. It's one thing in prayer to ask God. It's a whole nother thing to receive. Because the definition of receiving in the kingdom is if I'm here when I ask, the Bible says if I ask, I receive. The second I ask, I receive. So I've got a decision to make. Am I going to stay in the position where I asked? Or am I going to move to the position where I've already received? That's faith. It's, it's the presumption that God has said yes to me. Here. So I go ahead and move here. Even if it still looks like I'm there. I do everything from here. Because I already have what I've asked for. 
Whatever was on my envelope, as soon as I released it from my hand, I have it. I have it. Now, this may rock some of the stuff you heard someplace. I talked to another friend today that I haven't talked to in a long time. He would invite me to his church to, uh, to, to preach the kingdom in Texas. So we'd preach the kingdom and then we'd argue for the next two hours in the green room. And, and, and well, he would argue. And I'm like, I don't know. I'll just show you this. I said, I'm not real smart. Let's just read the scripture. He said, no, I don't think that's what it believes. I'm like, why do you invite me here? I don't like arguing. So I finally just stopped going. Right. No, I ain't going up there. I don't need the stress. But I talked to him today. He said, I'm a kingdom man now. I'm like, oh, great. That's wonderful. This is a wonderful thing. I told you, man. Ain't none of that, ain't none of that Christian stuff working. Most Christians are just a bunch of broke, complaining, begging people. Who are mad at God because he won't do something. In their ignorance, they don't understand he already did it. The second you asked, you received. Mm-hmm. That's so good, isn't it? Galatians 3.13. Just a couple of these. Right. Release your faith. This is how you water your offering. Every day, you want to release your faith on that offering. You want to release your faith. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Having become a curse for us, it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. <laughs> Next verse. <laughs> that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That we... You can't receive this except you use your faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, by faith Abraham, by faith Abel, by faith Sarah, by faith Enoch. Faith is everything you want. Faith is it already exists. Faith is that I know that what God has said to me, whatever I've already asked for, I know it already exists. It may be in the invisible, but it exists. Amen. Am I making sense? So now faith means once I see it and understand that it exists, I'm literally entitled to it. It's mine. It's my possession. Okay. Let me do this because I feel like you're stuck. Maybe I'm stuck. God has a limited vocabulary. When you say something to him, or when you ask him for something, his answer is always yes. Okay, Genesis 1-1, please. Genesis 1-1. It's always yes. Oh, man. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And darkness was on the face of the deep. And the spirit of God was 
hovering, it was waiting. It was waiting for a command, hovering. Hovering over the face of the waters. Next verse. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. Boom. End of story. He built the whole system we call the universe to only agree with you. That's all it can do. It can never deny you. It can't change your mind. And it can't say no. Okay. That's more than I know. I know. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. So when you say, when you say, I need some more money, the universe says, yes, you do. You sure do. I agree with you. And you'll always need more money because you're telling the universe you need more money. Yes. Give me an offering right now, pink shirt. Okay. I like pink. So, when I talk, I have to know what I'm saying to the universe. And once, I, once, once God said... Once God said, let there be light, yeah. the universe he built had to give him light. Right, wow. right. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes. If I say my life is so dark, the universe says it sure is. Let me give you some more. <laughs> His vocabulary is limited. So the Bible says, Listen to me now. This is not just a sermon. Mm, you shall have what you say. Ha! No, this is whatever you say, you shall have. If I say, God, I want to make, I want to make, I want to replace my year, I want to replace my yearly salary, and I want a monthly salary. I actually wrote that down. I want. Let's just say my yearly salary is $100,000. And I just told God, I want to make $100,000, not annually, but I want to make that a month. Then I get fired. Oh, Lord, no. Uh oh. I have asked and now I have received. And the boss who needed me fires me the next day. Okay, okay y'all can't deal with this. Y'all can't deal with this. I have just received from God what I asked for. So when I say, God, I thank you, I have all I need. Yes, you do. <laughs> my $100,000 salary is a monthly, is my monthly salary? Yes, it is. Let me work that out for you. Okay, how could you work that out? How would you work that out? How would you make that happen? Don't, don't say it, write it down, write it down. What is your yearly salary? Write it down. <clears throat> or in your head, so your neighbor doesn't look at it. <laughs> you see it, you write it down in your head? How do you turn that into a monthly salary? How would you do that? The only way you can do that is talk to the one who can. Exactly. The source. 
Come on, Pastor. My God, my God. I can, I can arrive. I should have thought of this earlier. I can plug my radio into the wall. Or I can spend my life trying to create electricity. Oh, that's it. Oh, that was so cute and simple, Pastor. No, no, I'm gonna help you. Now, I can spend my life being source. I can just rely and be grateful for the to be a resource. I'm just gonna plug in. Which is easier? Just plug in. Plug it in, plug it in. Just plug in. Let him figure that out. Because I can't work that out anyway. Lord, I done went to the end from the beginning. So say faith. Write this down. If I am still asking, I'm not using my faith. If I'm waking up every morning and my number one thing on my list, number one thing on my list is, Lord, I want to find my highest and best use. That's that's my prayer. One of my prayers. I want to find my highest and best use to the world. What's my highest use to the world? My best use to the world. I want to find that. I want to always be moving toward that. If that's my number one thing and I wake up every morning asking for it, it means I haven't used my faith yet because I'm still asking. Once I release my faith, I stop asking. I'm not asking anymore. I've already received. Now I'm positioning myself to manifest. Once I plant the seed in my yard, I don't have to go back to it and wonder if it's there or replant it. I just have to water it. (laughs) I have to prepare for it. Making sense? Yes, sir. Tithing and the offering, Malachi 3, tithing and the offering in that scripture is about me giving out of what I've already got. It comes after I have received. The first fruit is the opposite. It is a gift I'm giving in hopes of receiving. It's in my future. In other words, a farmer who's really first seeding, first fruiting, You have an apple tree, pear tree. My father-in-law has a pear tree, and sometimes I just go down there just to eat the pears off the tree, fresh off the tree, nothing like it, (laughs) nothing like it. The first harvest of those pears, it would be like him saying, this is the first harvest, they're all right. Let's pick all the right ones, and let's go and take it to the house of God. He didn't get to take it to market. Now he's hoping for another harvest because <laughs> this was his first. So the first fruit is an anticipation and a faith in what is to come. If this is my first lamb, I'm going to take that first lamb to the temple. Now I'm hoping Bessie has another one. <laughs> we need another lamb. That's the power in first fruit. You still with me? So now... I must receive, and now I've got to release my faith for the promise that I'm expecting. 
I have to release my faith. I have to release my faith and I am no longer asking for it. The next thing is now I got to believe because believing is different from having faith. Say belief. Believe. Belief is a decision. It's a choice on how and where I put my faith. Faith is my evidence that it exists. Now, where do I put my belief system on where it exists? Where can I put my, where can I put my faith? If I'm believing for, if I'm, I'm, I'm believing this, this example. This is a great example, by the way, to ask, ask God to make my monthly sal to make my yearly salary my monthly salary. It's a great, it's a great one. Did that change your life? Okay, so God can do that. I know he can. Okay. Now, what was that? I got stuck right there. Like, whoa, how would that change my life? How would that change your life? Close your eyes. If God was bringing into your life now, monthly, what you had to fill out taxes for a few months ago, your income, how would that change your life? Hmm. Wouldn't that change your life? Yes. I, think it's a, I think it's a good thing to perhaps pray about and believe for. Once I am believing for that, I have released my faith. Now to get there, what could I believe in? Where could I put my faith if I wanted to get there? The yearly becomes monthly. In what ways could, in what places could I put my faith? Okay, robbing a bank once a month. I could put my faith there. I could. I could put my faith in a Ponzi scheme. Where else could I put my faith? I could put my faith in ideas, my own. My own ideas. Instead, believing, instead of believing in my own resources, my own ideas, robbing a bank, Ponzi schemes, I can decide to put my faith in the system and believe it. But that's a decision I have to make on whether I <laughs> believe it so good. Once you believe you have no responsibility to do this yourself. Once you believe in God, you stop working. I'm going to say it quietly. Once you believe, you stop working. You stop worrying, you stop manipulating, you stop conjoling, you stop trying to talk people into it. You go home, you go to sleep, you're kind to all people. <laughs> because now you're believing. You're not asking or begging, you're not worrying, you're just believing. And you're letting the system God built for you, you're just letting that work for you. You're not in warfare. When you start believing there is no devil, 
to bind. <sighs> Once you start believing, you don't have to do any warfare. God does all that. He does your warfare. He does your planning. He makes your enemies have peace with you. <laughs> Lord, I want, my I want my child to love you, God. I want my child. My child doesn't love you. I want my child to love you. You're right. My, your child doesn't love me. Y'all don't get what I'm saying. And your child will never love me. Because you put your belief in that your child doesn't love me. <laughs> and I can't even give you what I want to give you. Because your words and your attitude, your belief system, what you believe, how you believe, is contrary to what you asked for. Say again. You get what you asked for. You're negating what you asked for. And it's possible. Are y'all okay tonight? I'm like loving this. Okay, I got a couple of minutes. It's possible that my words don't really match what I'm really saying in my mind. So I could be praying something and saying something with my mouth, but inside, Lord, I just believe you're going to do it. No, I'm not real sure about this. And it's the, no, I'm not sure about this, that he hears. You are spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. Which one is the least important? Your body. It is what you're saying in your spirit that he hears. God is a, I don't know why y'all looking at me like this. You could be out sun tanning. Okay, look. God is a, and he looks for such to worship him in and in truth. What you say in your spirit is truth to him. Your words don't matter until they're tied to this. I, I, said to, I said to a person years ago, because it happens all the time, we have everything happen in our church service on Sunday. Everything. Everybody's there. We got Catholics there. We got, we got Catholics there. We got Lutherans there. We got people who come out of all these churches, and we got some holy rollers. We got some Jesus only. We got some Church of God in Christ. We got everybody in there. So while one person is sitting and just meditating during worship, you have another person going, ah! You have it all in church. And the person screaming is trying to understand why you all frowned up and sitting on your seat. And the person, and the person sitting on their seat is wondering, why are you yelling like that? God is not hard of hearing at all. And I can sit down. I can't see the preacher. You standing up clapping. Just why they put these people on the front row? (laughs) 
I know it happens. And some people look for me to do something. They want me to do something about it. <laughs> Can you help that person that act like they're playing football and hiking the ball hook? Can you help that person over there? And other people come to me and say, I just got to find better places to sit. There are so many unspiritual people in this church. They sit just like this the whole sermon. How can you sit there like that in the whole sermon and not move? And I say to them, it's about the emotional connection to what's happening in the room. It's emotional. And some people, when they're receiving emotionally, they're just as quiet and still. It's a download into their spirit. And that's how their life changes from that emotional download. And some other people, when they're getting a download emotionally, they go tear the church up. But in some sort of way, you've got to tie yourself emotionally to your words. Can I get weird? If you Google right now, Walt Whitman, the body electric. Remember the song? Y'all too young. When you, if you Google right now, images of your body electrified. Because now they can take a picture of your body from your brain stem to your fingertips. And you're just a bundle of electricity. Pastor, you just got weird. When your heart stops, what do they do? With what? Electricity. It's electricity. Why does electricity restart your heart? Because your heart works. I'm sitting here and the doctor's in the room. Your heart works by electricity. That's how it works. And that's how God connects with you. Through how you feel. Pay attention when you don't feel well. My God, my God. Pay attention when you don't feel well, when you don't feel comfortable, when you, you, I just don't, when you say, I just don't feel well, pay attention to that. There's something going around or an idea in your head that doesn't match what God wants to give you. And get somewhere where you feel good. If you're in the middle of your day, get up from the desk, go out to the park, sit down, feed the ducks, go do something till you feel good. When you start feeling good, now you're in connection, you're in alignment, you're in righteousness with what God wants to do in your life. And you keep saying, I'm so tired, I'm so tired of how they treat me at this job. The universe says, I am too. Let me get you out of there. So now I am believing. This, this is not metaphysics. This is the kingdom. This is how it works. I'm going to put, I'm going to make you a spirit. And I'm going to give your spirit a soul. Mind, will, emotions, your five senses are connected to your soul. And I'm going to put all that in a body. I'm going to tell you when you're in my will, when you feel good. I'm going to let you know you're on the path to greatness. When you feel good. I'm going to let you know when you're believing the right thing. When you feel good. 
So when I'm releasing my faith and I'm believing, there's just going to be this, I don't know how God, but I feel pretty good about this. Now, now in our church growing up, see, I grew up Kojic, so the rest of y'all just need to be spirit-filled. So when, when I, <laughs> no, I stick to what I said before. Everybody receives in a different way. But in our church, we were intentional about connecting our emotions to what we were saying. It was intentional. They didn't say, they didn't say connect your emotions to what you're saying. They didn't say that. They said, clap your hands. Say yes, Lord. Say hallelujah. See, see what just happened? <laughs> Pastor Lanell, Millie, and everybody, they're like, oh, geez, we can ready to have church here in a minute. <laughs> but see, but what, but okay. But can you deny what just happened in five seconds? What happened? Energy went up. In the same way, a person sitting with their legs crossed during service while we're jumping around in their mind and in their spirit, they're saying, God, I'm just so grateful for what you're doing in my life. I can feel it. I feel so, I feel so good about what's happening. And they're making this emotional connection to their desire. That's belief. You believe it and you start living in it right now. You don't wait for it to happen. If you're married, if you want to get married, get married right now. Everybody, all of them. I want both my kids to get married right now. I want them married in their spirit right now. Don't listen to Pastor Nell right now. I want, them, I want them married in their spirit right now. If you want to be married, just get married. Well, I'm asking the Lord for a husband. Yes, you are. <laughs> I'm looking for a wife. Yes, you are. Because in him, you already have everything you've asked for. So you go ahead and receive it. It might happen 10 years from now. It might happen. Who knows? Are we struggling with this? No. no. As soon as you, as soon as you believe you have received, it comes to you. Okay, okay, okay. The Bible says, let it be done unto you as you have believed. What I say? So as soon as you believe, it's done unto you. It's not done by you. It's not even done for you. It's done unto you. That was good, wasn't it? Clap your hands. Come on, clap your hands. Y'all don't do that. Now see, I'm just, I'm just letting you practice so when Bishop Strong comes, Bishop, Bishop Strong's like, say yes to Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Say yes to Jesus. Clap your hands, he says. All right. It's, 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 and we have to do that here at AWC. AWC, don't get weird. We have to receive from everyone. We have to receive from people who don't look like us, from people who look like us. We have to receive from the soft-spoken preachers. The one We have to receive. We can't be closed-minded. Because as soon as you with everybody that's like you, you ain't nothing. Excuse me. What I, what I say? What was I, what was I at? Okay, Matthew 9, 28. You need a scripture. You with people who agree with you, look like you, think like you all the time, you have reduced yourself to yourself. You got to be around some people who don't think like you, look like you, come from other places. Dumb. When you feel safe because you're with everybody that look like you, that's when you're in danger. What scripture did I say? Read it. When he had come into the house... The blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe? Stop. Should, it be, should be a comma here. Do you believe? Do you believe? The next part is that I am able to do this. Do you believe, and are you putting your faith in me? Do you, do you believe, and do you think I'm able? Are you using your belief system? Where have you put your faith? Are you believing and is your faith in me? Do you think you can be healed? Yes. But we believe the soothsayer can do it, not you, Jesus. Two parts of the question. Do you believe? Yes, I do. Do you believe I can do it? Yes. Good. Let's move on. They said to him, yes, Lord. Belief and faith. Belief and faith. Then what did he do? Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. It is done unto you. According to where you put your faith. It's done unto you. According to where you put your faith. Y'all still with me? Yes. So believing. Now, uh, two more. Let's go to Romans. 10 and 9. This is how you water your seed. Now you got to start talking to it. You got your heart right. You got your mind right. Got your spirit right. You got your faith right. You got your belief system right. Now you have permission to talk to your seed. You have permission to talk to your first fruit offering because it's talking. Now you want to match what it's saying. Your first fruit is talking to God. Now you want to confess and match what that first fruit is saying. <laughs> okay. Let's read. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him. So you have to confess with your mouth what Jesus has done and believe it in your heart. Homologii. It is homogenous. You have to be saying the same thing. You have to be, you, you have to, you have to be thinking and saying whatever God is saying about your seed. You have to confess over it. 
You talk to it. You're no longer asking for stuff. You're thanking God and you're saying, God, I just thank you for my seed that is safe in you. I thank you that you're working everything out for my good. I thank you, Lord God, that you're talking to every person and they're going to be gracious unto me today. Thank you, God. First thing when you wake up in the morning. Thank you, God. Today, something unexpected is going to happen and it's all going to be good. It's just going to be good today. This is a great day. And they done already told you, come in, get your stuff tomorrow out of the desk. You're like, oh my God, what's going to happen in the parking lot when I get my box of staplers and everything else? When they kick me out, God, something, something's going to be happening in the parking lot or when I go to lunch or when I go to dinner. Somebody's going to open a big door for me. Somebody is going to come to my head. I'm telling you, that man, I went to work. I have never been fired in my life, but one time, one time, how many times? One time. I went to work as a graduate assistant and the man said, here's your paycheck. I said, my paycheck? I said, we don't get paid to Friday. He said, today is your last day. And I said, in order for you to do this to me today, you had to tell him last month. Yep, you've been fired for a while. Here's your last, here's your last check. I'm like, well, why are you firing me? He said, I'm not firing you. The boss is firing you. He's firing you. He no longer needs you. Did I do something wrong? Is there an evaluation? Are you going to tell me so I can be better at the next job? No, you're just fired. I followed him all day. He didn't want me to talk to him. I'm like, I need to understand what is happening here because I have never been fired in my life. And this is going to go on my record. And I'm trying to graduate and get a real job. This is not going to work. He said, I'm just telling you the boss wanted me. I said, well, I'll go see him. He said, I wouldn't do that. He'll call the police. He's just like that. I said, he'll call the police because I'm trying to ask what's going on. He said, yes, he will call the police. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I'm going to go see him anyway. Right. No, I didn't go see him. Because he would have called the police. Right. I just wanted to know. I went home that night and uh, uh, I was getting ready to go to sleep. And the Holy Spirit said to me, go find church. Just go to church somewhere. Go to church somewhere. So I found a church. I found, <laughs> I found an evangelical white church up on the hill down from my door. And I walked up in there. Sure did. I walked it because I had no gas. And I walked, up in, <laughs> I, I walked up in there and they were singing nearer to God to me and I'm like hallelujah dear God. and I'm lifting my hands and they're like what is wrong with this boy and I said I don't know what's going on and the only thing I can do is worship God and I went to bed that night and I woke up the next morning I was like something good is getting ready to happen to me and I went to work <laughs> I was fired and I went to work and they said we're not paying you I said, well, you didn't take my keys. So I opened the door for the ladies that were going to come in to cook, and I would make sure that things were ready for the kids. You don't have to pay me. Something good's going to happen today. I did that three days, and they took my keys. <laughs> they took my... I'm, I'm telling you the truth. Lanelle will tell you too. She's like, you have lost your mind. I was worshiping God, giving things. I said, ooh, something good's going to happen today. That's the day they took my keys when I showed up. And I woke up... Something good's going to happen today. And I'm telling you, in two weeks, they kicked me out of my apartment. I said, ooh, something good's going to happen today. My little, my little 1972 Ford Fiesta, everything broke on it. I had put everything in that thing, and I'm driving home. Something good is going to happen today. Nothing happened. A week later, I went home. I went to church every night. I went to Baptist churches. I went to Jesus-only churches. I went to Presbyterian. I went to church Every night for a week, something good is getting ready to happen to me. Yes, Praise yes, the name of Jesus. Yes, Saturday morning for a week ago in the church, the phone rang and Pearl said, Martin, it's for you. I said, I know. I know it's for me. I know somebody's going to call me. Something's good is getting ready to happen. Yes. 
She said, boy, what is wrong with you? I answered the phone. They said, Martin, we've been looking for you for a week. I said, I know you've been looking for me. Tell me what's going on. What's going on? We heard that they released you at the city. I said, they did. They did. They released me. And I was getting ready to make an excuse. They said, don't worry about it. We know that sorry, whatever he is, that fired you. We know how he thinks. Listen, we got a GA for you. Come on. And we're going to pay you. And we're going to make sure you get everything you need to do this. I said, I'll be there in the morning. Yeah. My stuff was still in my car. Yeah. 